0: a mortgage and protection advisor at Mortgage First and she actually runs the popular Instagram account Life with the Kearneys which we're going to talk about because it's actually it's nothing to do with mortgages it's actually a home blog account talks about her family life her children but it it actually does generate leads in such a way without talking about business and I'm a big believer in uploading personal content to social so we'll get into that so Megan has been in the financial services sector since leaving school and I met Megan on a training call with Mortgage First and she spoke about how she finds her personal content a lot more effective than the actual business content when it comes to social media and we'll get into what that means as we go through the podcast. But without me giving it all away, first I'd like to welcome Megan onto the podcast. Thanks for coming on.
1: That's all right. Hello. Hello.
0: So this is Megan. So Megan is working from home at the minute. You do a lot of um, calls over Zoom, don't you? A lot of appointments. We were talking about this before we jumped on. And yes. you said that you were we'll getting to the social media bit. Social media allows you to kind of show your personality because you don't see many people face-to-face anymore, do you?
1: No, and I've done, well, for about six years now, I've done kind of distant meetings, just telephone, email and things like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, for me, the social media gives me a chance to tell people who I am and what I'm about. Um, because for me, a relationship is two way and it's got to work. They've got to want to work with you and know a bit about who you are. And I think that's what really works.
0: So you've been doing distance appointments for like way before COVID then.
1: That yes. I've heard of that was. Yeah, it's, um, well, it'd be six years in November um, that I've done it. Previous to that, I managed a firm who also did everything over the telephone. So yeah, for about six years. So when COVID hit, we were kind of like already set for it um, Mm. by the challenges from lenders. But yeah, so about six years now.
0: Did you see a big switch of people obviously during COVID? Like you must have been talking to people about Zoom, about Teams, how to use them. Did a lot of people go like, well, I ain't got a clue how to create a video call?
1: Yeah, I think... um, for a lot of people there was quick sharp learning in terms of doing the zooms and teams i i still don't really get teams to be honest i don't get it just not for me um if i see a meeting with teams i'm like ah but <laughs> for me uh yeah zoom um and i think seeing a lot of brokers other people changed to that as well uh, it was a quick learning curve yeah. for others but Please. yeah ma- majority of mine are more telephone as well rather than zoom which um is easier so you don't always yeah. have to get out your pajamas
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah if you just do telephone instead here's a question for you it was something that was brought up on another podcast do you think it's harder to sell protection over phone call and zoom than it is face to face or do you know see no difference with it
1: I guess it depends on I, I've done it for so long now I'm not sure I know right when I used to when I used to advise you used to be able to get your visuals but I never really liked that way of selling anyway and it's about engagement and getting the buy-in from your clients. So from that aspect, I don't see it any different. Obviously premiums wise, you've got to make sure that they're listening properly so that they they know those and then follow it up. But I, I think I don't really see a massive difference if it's done in the right way. You know, years ago in the bank, um, I was probably taught to you know draw a picture of a house, picture of a car and a picture of a holiday and you know you insure all of those, but why don't you insure the stick man that's up in the corner? Mm. Um, but that's probably not really a sales tactic that I like to do so I think it's just about having the right conversation so I don't think that mm, is different on the telephone versus face to face yeah just, I think it sorry sorry for me if anything from what I found before in other places is face to face people are more likely to say yes to your face and buy in and then go away and cancel it because uh-huh. they're too scared to say no to your face maybe so
0: the conversion might be lower for the telephone and zoom call ones but the people that do say yes are much it's a good that's that's interesting because what i remember when i worked at comet we used to we used to sell insurance on tvs and things and it was part of your targets they'd say yeah. yes you're there but they get down to the desk and they're like no no cancel that so it's, yeah. i suppose it's true it's the same thing as that isn't it
1: yeah, I mean, where I like my persistency rating. So, in terms of things staying on the book, it's generally about 100%. And if anything drops off, it's probably because I've changed it to something because they've moved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm confident in that. Whereas I know other places where I've worked before, they're as low as like 60%. So, 40% of clients were saying yes, then going home and canceling it.
0: Interesting. And this is what we're going to get into because I. From hearing what you do on social, I know exactly why those people will believe and buy into those premiums of that insurance. Because yeah. you've done six months of footwork beforehand, getting them to buy into you and trust you. And we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. But first thing is to get a bit of a background to you, Megan, before we get into what you're doing now, how did you start in the industry? Where have you been and what do you do now?
1: So I started as a cashier in a building society uh, a few weeks before my 18th birthday um in the times of circling job adverts in the newspaper and um at the time i was told i needed to go and get a job of at least twelve thousand a year Mm -hmm. so i just circled what i could go for um because i didn't want to go to university and quickly within i think less than a year the manager of the branch at the time said i think you're wasted on the on the desk we'd like to put you through your cmap um so the mortgage qualification so i did that kind of started there Left there to become uh, just solely a broker, um, sorry, solely an advisor for another bank. Mm-hmm. Then HSBC had a stint of about six or seven years being a financial advisor there, did all my financial advice qualifications, um, spent a couple of years on to comment in Canary Wharf. Then oh, Took redundancy which at the time was lovely um i got paid to leave and i got uh, something like eight months notice because i was actually on secondment so i had a job lined up for as soon as i went on notice and um came back to managing building society mortgage advisors then managed a broker um a few of the advisors left within the the wider firm and they were all going to stonebridge so i thought what's this about and why are they going Mm. and emailed Stonebridge who put me in touch with John at Mortgage First and that was six years ago and never looked back oh also
0: that's John Wildman I keep meaning to get him onto, onto the pod. oh sorry John Stones, sorry. Uh, John,
1: yeah John Stones um originally yeah, John, John Wildman's there now but yeah John Stones um had an interview with and he texted me that day I won on the Grand National and he texted and said "Yeah, definitely would love to work with you and then had oh. just had to work my six months notice to get over
0: so. never looked back so that was six years ago you've been with mortgage first now
1: yep just coming out six years so I never look back
0: from it well, so you literally started from the bottom and worked do you think that helps where you've been at the back and you've seen you've managed you've worked in the bank you've done do you know what I mean done the hard work that now when you're sat there you kind of anything that could happen you know how to deal with
1: Yeah, I think that. And I also think that I've come back to what I know and love. So even when I talk to my clients and, you know, we'll talk about pensions and and, and investments and it's like I, in theory, I could do quite a few different areas. But I I love mortgages. I love the, the customer relationship and journey and interaction. So I've come back to doing a job that, you know, generally I love doing what I do rather than a job that I have to do, if that makes sense.
0: That's interesting because like mortgages, it is compared to pensions, it's a shorter time scale, isn't it really? So I'm yeah. interested, why didn't you go down that pension route?
1: So pensions and investments for me, they, there's no fixed tangible other than you put your money in, you, you know, you, you say you're not advising based on past performance, but ultimately you've got no guarantee that you're going to achieve that client's goal that they want to achieve there's you know we don't know as we've seen in the last few years with covid and what's going on this this year there's no guarantee you can just advise on what you feel is best and i'm not saying what people give it in terms of advice is wrong but for me i just didn't like that whereas the mortgage it's this amount it's this rate you get what you're given and 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 that's what it is um, and also you... you see you see the reward you see oh, people getting insane. in their first houses like I, being in mortgage first now for six years I've got clients that I've seen through a couple of houses through getting married and through having their children you know and they send me pictures of their children and that you don't really get that with pensions and investments
0: um it's almost like with pension and investments there's never really an end goal you're always chasing the next thing rather than yeah. the mortgage like you say it's black and white you're going to move in yeah. on this date you're going to be paying this much and I've found you the best the most suitable mortgage for your situation and you get to know the family so yeah I see what you mean from that point but I just think it'd be good from your point because you're quite personable to manage somebody's pension you're always on the end of the phone if they need can imagine a lot of the people in investments at the minute are getting phone calls left right and centre saying what the hell is going on (laughs)
1: Yeah. And all you can give them at that time is the reassurance. And, you know, I, the saying used to be it's the, the time that you're in the market rather than t- trying to time the market. Because if you take everything out, if the market's had a bad day, then you have lost that money. But you've got to have the faith to, to come back up. And don't get me wrong. I loved it. And, you know, I was very good at what I did. But like you say, there's there's just more customer journey on this and I, I get more satisfaction from it
0: more enjoyment so how is business at the minute it's a bit of a bit of a mad market isn't it
1: it's crazy isn't it um it's challenging but again i think that's why i like it because you you know you've always kept on your toes obviously at the moment there's a lot of lenders at the moment just emails just pulling rates there's a lender today that's pulled not only their rates but they've pulled some offers as well which that that
0: must be a tough conversation to have
1: yeah luckily i haven't got any but i think that's a tough conversation to have and it's but as i've just said to a, a colleague in mortgage first actually now more than ever clients are realizing that they need brokers
0: they professional professional people yeah is you on money because that's yeah. what we need more of we need a professional and what i tell you what what's your thoughts on martin lewis what do you think of him and does he help business <laughs> Because I always think (sighs) if I ever see him in the news, mortgage brokers go crazy, not crazy bad, but busy, because it doesn't matter if Martin Lewis is talking about booking an appointment with a mortgage advisor or happening to mortgage rates as like a a roll-off. People will contact mortgage brokers more, but it's interesting to see what mortgage brokers think of him.
1: (sighs) (laughs) I'm 50-50. It can depend what he's talking about. I think there was something on the, the energy crisis and and the prices that he put out and I just I kind of shook my head at it and it you know I know he says he's not scaremongering and it's true and it's this that and the other but I don't know it's good for business because he'll put something out but then sometimes if he in in the days of oh there's this cracking rate out there you'll get people on the phone I I want the 1.99 well 1.99 1.99 now it would be awesome I, I want the 1.99 such and such a rate i've seen it on um martin lewis and money supermarket or whatever and it's like yeah but that you can't get that you need a 60 <laughs> yeah you need this deposit and you need that and it's like but then actually that's a conversation starter. So I think it's all, you know, it is always good. So even if you can't get them something that they think they can get because of Martin Lewis, it's a great conversation starter. And it's, you know, as long as you're explaining the right way and not a condescending way that they can't get that because of X, Y, and Z, but what I can get you is this, then it's to, it's still an opener, isn't it?
0: It's, so I suppose the, he's good for business. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like a headline grabber, isn't it? That's what he's all about. It's like when we used to canvass and as, as an estate agent, we've sold this house down the road. And they phone up and it's just that initial conversation to say, we sold it for this. Let's see how much we could get for yours. So it's yeah. a, just a headline grabber, isn't it? Anyway, that's yeah. all I'm going to talk about <laughs> the market at the minute, because I know brokers are sick of it at the moment. So let's get on to the fun stuff, social media. This is the yeah. main reason I wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about how you use social media, because you're obviously very successful at it. You've built the account that you've got up to six and a half thousand followers and, I don't want this to sound like the only reason I've got you on is to talk about social, because you're obviously a very good broker, but why set up a, an account of like the lifestyle and home blog instead of a business account?
1: I, so we randomly, um, I blame clients of mine, actually, because January last year, I helped clients with a mortgage to move to a, a new development and had a look where they were moving and I turned around to my husband and said I really like it and I want to go and look at a house so in uh, it was February last year we ended up reserving a new build and I wanted to document the pro- the process of new build and, and just the progress of it because I don't like spamming Facebook with you know people don't want to see that I've got five layers of brick and then I've got you know a second floor starting but I wanted somewhere to document that and just it's quite a good community, the the home Instagram, and I love Instagram. Um, and then it it wasn't actually set up for a business purpose, but I, you know, I think somebody clocked on that I was a broker, and I I shared something, then I started the questions and answers, and actually that just kind of grew, um, and now a lot of people know me as one of the brokers that are on Instagram. Um, so that, but for me, the lifestyle is. I like sharing things and I like just talking. I like talking to people, as you probably tell. Um, and I just like the idea of it. It's like a mini mini blog or vlog. Just, you know, I I don't do many grid posts. I know I think grid posts and reels are, are where it's at to get followers and that. But actually, I live my life on my stories. And if I'm not on there for a day and there's no story, I'll probably get a few people saying, are you all right? What's going on? It's, like, <laughs> it's just a busy day, just a busy day. <laughs> Um, but yeah it was more just to document the new build process um, and the, the progress of the house and also we we kept our last house um, so it was document for us it was documenting that as well going to becoming a uh, van lady and van lord I guess which mm. we quite often forget um, but yeah it's just it just to get yeah. our ideas
0: so you didn't set it up as a business to start with it was just no so what I'd like you to do if you can is talk through the difference of you talk about grid posts you talk about reels and you talk about stories how do you use each one of those and what are they
1: so story is it stays up for about a day Um, I think they were 15 seconds but I think you can do them at 60 seconds now but they're just a you know whether it's a little video or a picture I quite often if you see I quite often put a bit of music with some of mine I love choosing a a bit of music that goes with something. Um generally black coffee by all saints is probably used quite a lot because I love coffee. Um so I use that and that's kind of just updating people on what I'm doing in life or, you know, even if I'm working late or if I've done something, sometimes I'll put on that I've you know submitted an application or I've done a decision in principle. Sometimes it'll be that I've you know my husband's made me an absolute wonderful hot chocolate full with cream and marshmallows on the top and you know and a picture of what that looks like. So it's just my life um, what inside of work and outside of work um, I share my children on there but I, you, I don't really share their faces but I share a lot about them on there um, and I know everybody's different on that what they want to do with their children. but for me it's just a documenting some of the random stuff that goes on in my life as well as work. Um, grid posts I tend to keep so that's just a picture and that stays there until you delete it so that I tend to stick to home content I don't put business content on there Um, posts and then reels which are videos montages sometimes I put stuff we went to Australia and I put a few bits on there so there is some live stuff on there but generally that those that stuff gets kept to home because really my account is kind of uh, within the the home community of Instagram. Um, other people that document in their homes but my stories are my life if that makes sense
0: and you use you use stories to interact a lot with your audience don't you so i see you ask a lot of questions run a lot of polls with the questions are they about business or are they personal
1: um a mix so I quite often every couple of weeks um, not every week but every couple of weeks I do a QA and a on mortgages the market if anyone wants to know things um, or just kind of as much as my inbox is always open kind of inviting people to ask questions because some people are like, oh I'm so glad you put that because i wanted to ask you this um, or some people will just ask as they go along but generally most stuff is to do with personal polls or hints and tips for things in the home as well you know mm-hmm. uh, my hoover's broke what what hoover would you recommend be it a, a shark or a button, you know in no way affiliated here whatsoever mm-hmm. but you know put a poll on of what people think or um advice so i know back in March, April, when we were booking Australia and we were going, I I put some question boxes about COVID requirements and how are people finding things and it just general stuff. But I would say business is probably the, the q a Q and A every couple of weeks I'll mm-hmm. do, um, not even on a weekly basis. But then every week I will share like either I'm working late or I've done a decision principle or what I've done for a client just as a story um, or ask people what their views on the market are and interest rates.
0: And I think that's really interesting because mortgage brokers, you've obviously you know a lot about the market. You know the ins and outs and all the intricacies of every different lender and their and um, different different scenarios that they'll lend to. But as the general public, as Joe public, all I want to know is how much deposit do I need to put down to get a buy to let? It's very basic yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Can I get a mortgage if I've changed jobs? And by you opening your inbox to people to ask any question that you want, it, it allows me as Joe Public to ask something that I've maybe been hesitant to in the past. So I think from that point of view, it's great because you're opening your inbox. But you doing that every single day, talking about your hot chocolate, talking about you've been out to the park, what the kids are doing, what colour you're painting the bedroom. This is what you said to me before the podcast. People relate to you on a personal level, don't they? So yeah, that's find it a lot easier to ask you for business, not ask you for business, ask you to help them with their mortgage.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, there, there are a lot of home accounts um, in what I say is the Insta community. And most of them are run by females. There are male accounts out there, but most of them, and to do with the home, are, are females out there. And I get a lot of people that relate to me as a hardworking mum of two. They'll see everything that I juggle, but that I will still you know, I submit an application at 11 o'clock at night if I need to secure a rate for somebody, if I can't do it in the daytime, because I don't work Monday to Friday, you know, eight till five or eight till six. I work quite flexibly, but they see that I'm dedicated, that I'm, you know, that I'm also normal. So somebody asked a a question on one of my Q and A's about that they were getting a lump sum of money. Should they pay it all off their mortgage? And my response was, or, or it was, what would you do? And should I pay it all off the mortgage? And my response was, right, three things that I would do. And I'll always say, this is what I would do. Obviously, to give advice, you need that person's scenario. First thing, buy something for yourself. Be it, you know, whether it's a, a £40, 40 pound bag or a £400 pound bag, depending on what you've given, buy yourself something. Then I said, oh, I actually split it into two, pay some of your mortgage. But if you don't have a security blanket, keep some aside. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, and I'll always caveat that because I know the response is that, you know, and everybody try and get rid of your mortgage as quick as possible and save interest. But it's also about being real and being relatable. And I say this when we talk about protection with clients as well, is I can tell somebody to spend £450 a month on every insurance under the sun. But if I've just done their mortgage and I know their mortgage is only 500 pounds a month, is anybody realistically then going to go and spend 450 pounds on insurance? Mm -hmm. It's about being relatable. and and, Yeah. And it's about being realistic um, within that. So I think that's one of the things that really comes across to people is that I'm normal as well. Like I'll tell you everything that we we could and should do. But I'll also be honest and tell you what I would do if that's what you're going to ask me. I'll tell you professionally but I'll also tell you personally what what I may do
0: and the joy of social media is you're giving say that lady's name was Jane you're giving Jane um, an insight into your life what you do how you do it you're a working mom but then you were saying before you actually had you don't realize the effect that Jane goes and speaks to somebody at a family party about you and you can generate leads that way you were talking about somebody who messaged you saying could you contact so and so because they need help it's those kind of like knock-on effect customers isn't it
1: it is and it's also people so people will say if they've spoken to me so there's one account that I speak to pretty much every day I speak to her and actually when I shared something about my work she messaged she was like I knew I knew a broker on here couldn't quite remember the name at the time but can you do this for me sorted a mortgage out she then shared that that's what I'd done and then that it just has a knock-on effect so i you know I've I signed some first-time buyer clients up a couple of weeks ago. And I said, oh, just out of interest, how did you find me? And they said, oh, so-and-so recommended you on Instagram. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, thank you. Um, We don't ask that question
0: enough, do we? I don't think we're doing business. I never ask people how they've come to me, and I think it's so powerful.
1: I I think if... um, If I don't know, I will always ask. Mortgage First, actually, a lot of clients don't realise, but Mortgage First do a £100 referral recommendation scheme. Obviously, terms Mm -hmm. and conditions apply to that. But I will always ask, A, out of intrigue, but B, also to to make sure that that's, that's noted. But my business comes from my existing clients and referrals and recommendations, and then my Instagram, or I do have Facebook business as well that's kind of more businessy there are personal things on there as well but yeah it's Maybe referrals it's... and recommendations is the way forward yeah
0: and it's so easy with social now if i was to sit there and go and phone 100 of my friends and tell them about an amazing mortgage broker i've just had it took me ages i could upload a story though and it would take me 10 seconds and it would yeah. reach those 100 people It yeah. just shows how powerful it is so we're talking about how good social media is that you've got six and a half thousand followers you're getting all these leads but what i want people to realize is how long it's taken you to do that and how much work it takes so the first thing is how long has it taken you to get to an account with like nearly seven thousand followers on
1: uh so i set it up um just trying to think end of march last year so 18 months um i set the account up and i remember we set it up jointly with my husband at first, and he had access to it, and he was like, Woohoo, we've got 500 followers." And I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" um And then it's just grown over time. And not that I found it laborious in terms of doing it, because actually I enjoy doing it because it's a personal account, and I'm sharing what I do. I really enjoy it. So that side of things has been about 18 months on Instagram. My Facebook for business that I've got, I. I think it's three or four years now I think since I've had that set up just over four years it would have been because I know I posted when I went on maternity with my eldest and he's born on Friday so that's a few years going but I think I'll probably do more on Instagram just because it's my life and I, I don't feel that I'm finding stuff to do it's very easy to continue and keep up with
0: because you've got what I refer to it as a brand anchor. It's something that is nothing to do with business, but people can relate to you about doing up your house. Now, now it's a bit different. It's not so much the journey of the house. It's the journey of you as just living life, really, isn't it? So
1: Yeah, living life and doing things like this new wardrobe that my husband put up um, Saturday. So, right, just, so that
0: kind of thing that you can upload, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that did get that still got some more sorting out these boxes up here because we had a, a Kallax with 20 boxes in so um, I've now got down to what seven up there I think um, that'll worse. go that'll go down to six because uh, Ethan's presents are up there in one ready to be wrapped so slowly <laughs> that will be dispersed and sorted out but yeah things like that so that would be for me that's um I think I've done a reel on my so that goes on my grid and that stays there but I did stories about putting it up and, and things and I'm sure everyone will probably notice that it's a different office view because I used to have a, the Kallax and a light behind me when I was working late at night. I'd kind of always post that I was working. So the view for everyone else has changed now as well.
0: So This, this is why you need to watch it on YouTube to see the <laughs> interior design of all the guests. So that's the, we talked about the numbers of social. How long does it take you? Well, how long do you spend every day on social media to maintain these accounts? Because I want people to get a feeling of, you can't just post and run yeah. on social because you'll never get anywhere. So give us an insight of what your day on social media looks like and how long it takes.
1: Oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I, I think because I flick in and out of it, and I'll have a look at stories, you do have to interact and you do have to speak to people because otherwise the algorithms don't work. And to be honest, it's a nice place to speak to people and sometimes you'll tell stuff to... To strangers that you know you wouldn't even tell your close friends because they don't they don't know where you live really they might have an idea of your house but they don't know where you live they're not going to see you they're not going to see your family so you know if you've had a barney with one member of your family you can tell somebody else about it because they're never gonna you know oh, yeah. it's never gonna come never gonna come back on you but I you know I'd probably say throughout the day I, I probably do spend a, a you know an hour or two added up throughout mm-hmm. the day but that's that's me just being nosy and scrolling as well as we all do we'll, we'll just sit down for a minute and you scroll and you end up looking at one thing then you look at another and it just you know it can have that effect but I don't I don't sit down every day and say right this is what I need to do on, on this you day. Don't as as long I don't have a set time because I'll just you know if I walk to pick the the boys up from nursery that's probably 15-20 minutes where I'll probably be looking and and posting, responding to people as I'm walking to go and get them from nursery. So I just do it in and around. I don't set, I did schedule some posts the other day because Sunday I was in the back of the car um, and I was like, right, I'm gonna use this time to set up a few posts to go out through this week. Mm-hmm. And then some, some weeks I might just absolutely wing it, which I know, you know, as long as you're consistent, it doesn't matter if yeah. you're planning it or you're just winging it. I um, mean, it's about being consistent because I think if you're not consistent, you're not there. Um mm-hmm. so Pretty you need to
0: be seen yeah just to give people an insight of how you run the social accounts because people probably think that you sit there an hour every day and say right this is what I'm going to do but actually you're filling in the gaps as and when you work as you said working mom don't do the natural the normal hours you can't really schedule when you're going to do your social posts
1: no and you know some of it might be while I'm sitting in so children you know the hats off to people who just say to their young kids good night you're going to sleep and they just go to sleep on their own for me and for my husband we have to sit there and you know Ethan said to me last night "Mummy, I'm gonna go to bed on my own tonight and I'm gonna go to sleep on my own I said that's brilliant so I came through to start some work said good night and he comes in will you just lay with me and watch me go to sleep on my own (laughs) I said well that doesn't that doesn't really work darling okay I I will come and I'll lay with you but you know I'll say I'm not going to talk to you and I'll lay away from him and he can't see but actually what I'm doing is responding to people yeah it's just so you you know I, I take snippets of time whenever I can
0: really and when you're doing your social media posts you create them you actually tag in a lot of other companies as well don't you does that help with the reach of your posts
1: yeah I think it does because if they then if they then share so there's one account that's tagged me today because she's taking inspiration from me because last week as you know I've got my treadmill under here so I'm on my standing yeah. desk I'm not walking as we speak um I think you're probably this a, me bob,
0: this bobbing around. Megan and I have been chatting about on social uh, on Instagram is she's got a treadmill and I'm thinking of getting one but I was asking her how noisy it is if you bounce when you walk when you type in and this has been a big thing for you hasn't it I suppose you've got a lot of engagement off the back of that
1: yeah I I did and so there's an account today that's tagged me because she's now got her treadmill she was like I've taken inspiration from you so then I've shared her post so then and vice versa so that reach if my followers aren't following her account then they'll see hers because I've shared her story so it's just you know I don't always do it for that but a lot of people will do it for that so uh, there's people that will do a follow Friday or a Sunday share and they'll share their favorite accounts a lot of people will do a a questions box on the story who's your favorite account and why um I always obviously always nominate myself on those which always makes people laugh um because they can see who it is they they know that it's me just being silly um but that reach just then grows and grows and grows and i i haven't sat down and said right this is my aim and i want to get to this amount of followers it's just naturally grown which is brilliant
0: it's off the back of you just being yourself isn't it and that that's exactly why i wanted to get you on the podcast to show people that being yourself not being super professional showing people that oh never remember when, when you got back from Australia you uploaded a, a like a story I remember this one you're like I've had three hours sleep the kids aren't sleeping and I've got to do <laughs> their work what the hell am I going to do not many people have the awareness to put that up because they'll think oh what are people going to think of me they're going to think I'm not working on their mortgage you know what I mean it's that type of stuff that goes through people's heads
1: yeah, and I think so. I went through this with some of the brokers in mortgage first, and it's like you—the more you overthink stuff, the 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 harder you'll find it to post. Like, you know, I've got no issue now. Yesterday, I Cohen was—I had to take him for just a routine hospital checkup, but I don't mind putting that because the thing is, for my followers, they know that if they need something done, I'll get it done that night if needs be. If it if it can wait, then maybe it might wait till tomorrow. But if it you know, Friday for me, Thursday, Bank of England changed. I don't normally work Fridays. Um, but if rates are being pulled, you can bet your bottom dollar I'll get that application in, be it at unless there's IT issues, but I've never had that yet touch wood that haven't been resolved. But I will get that application in by eleven o'clock at night. I'll get it in at twelve o'clock. I know when HSBC was a month or two ago, I think, they were they were pulling a rate which was great, and everybody needed to get the application in and I their systems were down, they knew they had a problem. And somebody said that even if at 23.59, they fixed their systems, they could argue that you could have got it submitted. So I waited up to screenshot that I tried at 23.59, because I will do it. And um, so I've got no issue issue sharing.
0: Because they know how hard you work when everything's honky dory kind of thing. If nothing's going wrong, you're working as hard as anyway. But that's, yeah. and again, I think that just adds to that endearment that they're, they, they warm to you. They know that you're a working mom, that you have got to take the little one's hospital or to check up, sorry, something like that. They yeah. realise, oh, I've actually had to do that. I completely understand where she's coming from.
1: Well, I think a lot of people think I'm mental and they don't understand how I do everything, to be honest. But I think it's just balance and dedication. Coffee. You've got to do it. Yeah, Yeah, and coffee, <laughs> and coffee. <laughs> I never used to like coffee. It was always tea, but coffee and hot chocolate we're coming into autumn and the white hot chocolate at Starbucks is the way forward or at home if my husband makes it.
0: Nice red wine that's the one that for me when it gets to autumn that's when you know it's autumn when all the red wine starts coming out.
1: See I don't really drink alcohol so I used to years ago um, but I think just even if I have because I don't really drink so the last four years I've probably either so Ethan's born on Friday so I've either been pregnant or had a newborn then I was pregnant with Cohen just before Ethan was two so then obviously I couldn't drink again then I was feeding for a while um, with Cohen and I breed children that don't sleep so for me to then have a drink and a hangover is just not there so it's coffee, 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 coffee. To
0: right so before we get on to the strategy question um we donate 10 pounds as a thank you for you to come for coming on the podcast which charity did you want us to make the donation to
1: for me it would be for lupus uk please
0: lupus uk charity yeah what kind what work do they do
1: um so they do a lot of research so years ago um, my auntie passed away with lupus and it's I think it's something that's growing um, in terms of awareness. I think years ago, it wasn't really there. Um, So they obviously do research and and support into that, which um, obviously close to our family's heart. And I know my mum would be super happy. Right, we won't
0: make the donation. Thank you. Thank you for coming up. Thank you. And we're going to end with the strategy question, which a lot of people love to hear the answers to. So we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone and an internet connection. What would you do to start generating mortgage business?
1: So I think for me, um, if I didn't have my socials already, I'd set up a, a social So one thing as a family we're potentially looking to do and again I've never hid from it is potentially relocate to Australia so I guess it's similar to that I would set up a potentially even a, a relocation blog um, but right. I'd, I'd have a social socials account for relocation because I think especially within Instagram there's a community for everything so I'd probably do build something similar to what I've done but start that again so I'd have a, a relocation I'd go Obviously, for Australia versus Scotland, there's more to do. So I'd share about the visa process, the you know your your medical checks and things like that, and I'd set up a a family account for that, I guess, um, Facebook. And then you've got within Facebook, obviously, you've got your your, your local groups. Um, so join all of those and share away. Some let you post your business. So hey, I'm new to the area. People, you know. Depends where you move into. Some are like locals and they only like locals. Yep. So you've got to be careful not to tread on toes. But yeah, I think for me, I'd probably set up a relocation Instagram so account what? and go that's, from there.
0: That's one answer we've never had on this podcast in like probably 70 episodes now, from like you say, a pure relocation blog. And I think you've thought of that because you've done exactly the same with the house move blog. It's just that on a bigger scale, isn't it? That's a great idea.
1: Yeah. So I've already started following some people that have got their relocation Insta accounts that have either going through the visa process to Australia or they've already moved. And, you know, I'm then learning stuff from them. So, yeah, I'd do that.
0: Love that. Love it. And I think the big takeaway from this is you don't have to talk about business. It can be about anything people will find out the business that you do. And you you mention it now and again, but it's all about being personal. And what would you say to somebody to end the podcast? What would you say to somebody that is hesitant to post on social media?
1: I would say the more you worry about it, the, the less you'll post, just just go for it and be you. In fact, I share less of the, the news articles, the formal stuff that you can share. I'm just, you know, a bit about this or what I've saved for a client, obviously we're in a situation at the moment where we're not really saving because the rate's going up, but just sharing little snippets, but the best thing that I've done, obviously because I started it as sharing just me and our family is just be you. We are working, especially now post COVID in such distant world where everything is with technology. It's easier, it's easier for brokers because you can see more clients within a day instead of traveling two hours to go and see somebody more available for your other clients because you're not doing a four-hour round trip journey but people need to know who they're picking the phone up and the biggest compliments that I've had is that people feel that they know me and they've never even met me so I also know that they've brought into me as a person because otherwise they wouldn't come to me they know things about me so I can then talk about me and I can talk about them and I'm not afraid to hide anything about who I am so
0: Maybe that's, that's, that's not always bit, the best yeah. thing, but. <laughs> that is the best way to end the podcast. Just be yourselves. And over time, they'll understand what you do for business because you can still drip feed the business content in there. But what Megan's saying is don't go full on business because nobody can relate to you about mortgages. No. They can relate to you about your hot chocolate, your coffee. That's where Instagram stories are so useful to show. You called it before we jumped on the podcast, like a mini vlog of your life. Isn't it? That's
1: exactly yeah. what Instagram yeah. stories are for. Yeah, Maybe- and I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Two-way. Sorry, I was just going to say a two-way relationship, and actually, you know, it might mean that some people don't want to interact with me, but then, you know, that's fine. I'm happy with that. It's it's the fit on both ways, and generally, it works out well for me. So I'm going to stick with what I'm doing
0: exactly carry on exactly what you do megan thank you so much for coming on the podcast i'm sure loads of people have got lots of value from that as i always say on this rewind go back and take a few notes of of everything that megan says because it obviously works on social media thank,
1: thank you very you.
0: much for coming on, megan appreciate it
1: you're welcome so thank you very much
0: for listening